So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. But that math, like, I resonate with that math because I think that I made an intention about two years ago. Yeah. I realized that, and this this comes from, you know, a book on business. Right. Like, about the 80-20 principle, about how too frequently 20% of the people are causing, or taking up 80% of the bandwidth. Yeah. And I realized that that was happening in my life. Mm -hmm. And that is a two-way street. Yeah. Those people were doing that thing, but I was also enabling that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to recalibrate. Right. Um, and I did it, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was not easy. But um, the fact that you were able to do that, but still yeah. give time for the outliers yeah. who say the things yeah. that you're like, jaw dropped. I needed that. Oh my gosh, that was said. Yeah. And you still take a little bit of time uh, yeah. to thoughtfully be like, well, hold on, let's talk about the lazy dog. Yeah. And think about the quick brown fox. Right. And, and find, find that moment for those people. Right. That is hard. Now, something that we've been talking about a lot is, um, so let me see if I can find a synonym for emotional labor. Yeah. I would say okay. it is, um, Choosing to make a moment a teaching moment that will take more of your time that you do not have, that you are not getting paid for. Yes. Instead of attacking someone. Yeah. Because you believe that it will be fruitful. Now, it is not your job. Yeah. But you will take that time and you will treat it as a teaching moment because you have faith that maybe it'll go right and maybe it'll pay forward. Mm-hmm. Now, for a lot of people, that emotional labor ends up being an additional full-time job. And let's be super real. Like people have their full-time jobs and then they've got their side hustles that are also full-time jobs. Yep. And then they've got this, like, instead of like clapping back at someone, I'm going to take the time to like use it as a teaching moment, even though it's really not my responsibility. Um, and I see a lot of people do that really well. And kudos to them. You both in particular do that really well. Things that are set and I'm just, and I'm like, I just want to turn into like a dragon, you know, but like stop. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm going to treat, I'm going to treat this as a teaching moment. Right. But something we've been talking about is this is basically an entire industry. Yeah. This is an entire industry of unpaid teaching. And unpaid teaching, yeah, right? Yeah, it's so it's so true. Unpaid teaching, so and if true. this is an industry, it should be monetizable, right? Yeah. How do we? And we've been trying to find people who have monetized their emotional labor. Because let's be real: if you are being a teacher who is unpaid, you should probably be getting paid. It's, it's, God, this is going to end this in one of those moments where I sound like a complete jerk, but whatever. 
Um, yeah, I'm all for it. I, Please tell me you're getting I, paid for the emotional labor. I, I, bake, I bake it into the, the ask. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I'm like doing, when I, as a freelancer, so like, you I know, agree. Thank someone you. will say to me, hey, can you do a service? I quote them a number. And usually they look at the number and it's like, for, 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 for that? And it's like, and I'm like, but no, but I'm like, but no, but no, just understand that like, literally if, okay. So like anybody that I work with or worked for, my phone is open first and foremost, like, boom. Like if you text me at 11 o'clock at night and I'm wide awake, I'll, I'll take a second and be like, yeah, that's what I did. And that's the emotional labor of it. That's like the, the labor that I put in to make sure that this person is always calm. Like I'll happily take. 20 minutes or even, or, or the thing that I do now, even that, now that I've like baked it into like the ask is, um, I study like speeches a lot mm-hmm. and I study like people that were able to like, so like Muhammad Ali or somebody like that, who's able to like take these grand concepts and place them into like bite sized like thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and I also like reread the Bible. Last year, Old Testament, oh. New Testament. Yes, I read the whole thing. Okay. Really? Wow. Yes, uh, it's the Bible. You know the story. At a certain point, it's, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. When like you read the Book of Job and you know the Book of Job, like, mm-hmm. it's like okay, so this guy comes along, he has some things that happen, mm-hmm. he loses, his, he loses his cows, and he comes on. So like, so the thing, but the thing that I did in reading it is, I, in high school, you know, we're at GDS. Yeah. So and and we GCDS. both went, yeah, we both went to schools where like. They, their approach to learning is different. Mm-hmm. So at GDS in junior year, I want to say, they make you read the Bible's literature. Really? Yeah. We did that in eighth grade. Yeah. Maybe a little bit too early. Yeah, but, but you read yeah, the Bible read as a book. Well, you read it, it secularly. Or something or no, it's just, just a public school? regular private school. Yeah. They make you read the Bible as literature because the Bible is an amazing book. It is. It's a really amazing book mm-hmm. with some of the best characters ever written, ever. Like John the Baptist is a great character. Like Judas Iscariot is, is one of the most tormented characters in the history mm-hmm. of modern literature. With people, modern or classic literature, people don't think of it. And as a tormented soul, but he is. Mm-hmm. He's carry the weight of the life of Jesus that he knows is going to end, mm-hmm. and how it's going to end. Yeah. Before even Jesus knows how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. It's a tormented soul mm-hmm. trying to stop this man from ultimately killing himself. Mm-hmm. But he can't. And then he has to turn him in. Mm-hmm. And then he dies. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. So I read the Bible, though, because in the way that the Bible is written, because it also doubles as parable driven spirit, uh, you know, literature for people to, you know, read at masses and to, you know, get large sums of people to give large tithes to, you know, a church. There's great ways that they take language mm-hmm. and codify it into small bite-sized pieces so that people can listen and go, yes, I agree. I will come back here next week and have you tell me another thing that will hopefully impact my life in a positive way. Interesting. So it's always like I'm able to like have these things playing in my head. Mm-hmm. So when somebody has like a question or when somebody has like a concern mm-hmm. or when somebody comes to me and they say, I'm worried about this. Mm-hmm. Then, like, I already have playing in my head, like, 12 ways to, like, break the language down so that it's, like, 
not terrible emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I already have like 30 ways in my head of like, okay, so this person's going through a thing where, okay, so like, perfect example, like working with a friend of mine and she's at a place professionally where she's like unsure about the career switch she made it like, you know, 25. Because mm-hmm. she did the, she did the graduate, done. Now I'm like, hate my life. Mm. Blow it up, switch careers. Oh, no. Oh, God, what did I do? Mm-hmm. So then you're like, okay, so like, this is a big, giant problem, but it's actually a small solution. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's like, I don't think I can handle the weight of this decision. And I'm like, well, you know, like, God always appreciates a patient giver. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, that's it. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole, but the whole time she's talking, understand that, like, in my head I'm going, no, 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 oh, but wait, maybe it's a, maybe there's something here, maybe there's something here, maybe mm-hmm. there's something here. I gave a speech three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. One of my mentees just graduated from uh, Kogod at American, Mabinti, Mabinti Yila, she's amazing. I'll, I'll shout her out. And um, I gave a speech. Hey, congratulations. She's Congrats, phenomenal. Graduating the top 1% of her class. She's yes. killing it. Nice. She's proud of her. So um, I gave a speech. And her entire family is there. And I'm like, oh, God. This is frightening. So I'm running. And the thing is, is like I had a week where like I didn't have enough time. And I'll, I, I'll cop to it. I didn't have enough time to like, usually if I'm required to give a speech, I'll give it like a good solid like eight hours. Tops. I'll give it like a, a full work day during the week mm-hmm. to like kind of like in my head, script out what I want to say. Right. Because I hate scripts that are written, but I'm like, yeah. I'll mm-hmm. put together some pieces. Right. So I had like maybe two hours right. in my week to put together this speech. So I'm playing in my head every moment I've ever had with Babenti against like all of these cool little terrible things that I've been like accumulating recently. So I'm like trying to find the, the connective point. And it's like, I hit upon this thing where, like, of, like, reciprocity. Because mm-hmm. that's a big thing in the Bible. Like, you know, if you do this, then I'll do that. Like, mm-hmm. God always was like, hey, if you do this, and I'll, I'll give you that. Like, if you, you pray and give, you know, tithes to me, I'll, I'll give you eternal joy and happiness for your family. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and that comes from reading the Bible. It's literature, by the way. I'm not, like, blaspheming anybody, but when you read this literature, you can say those things. From a different, from a literature yeah, from standpoint. from a completely different right, perspective. I'm saying that for people who are listening as well, like, yeah. this man's a blasphemer. No, I just... From a literature standpoint, yeah. You read the Bible's literature yeah. one time, it changes the whole way you see it. So I'm like, okay, so reciprocity will be the theme. Because mm-hmm. I gave Mabinti the great knowledge or whatever she feels that I gave her. Mm-hmm. And she gave me back the great joy of seeing her do these great things. Mm-hmm. And because she says that she's inspired by the things that I've done. So I'm like, okay, so where can I find reciprocity? And I started thinking, okay, so like all the times that Bindi and I have ever talked, where can I find reciprocity as a thing? Where can I find it? Where can I find it? Um, and it was the thing where she was up for an internship. I was working at Listen Vision at the time. I was running the recording studio. And she came to be an intern. And um, I'll just never forget it. Like still to this day, it's really hilarious. Like she's talking to my boss. And I'm like sitting in the same room. It's like our office at the studio was like that big mm-hmm. and it's like literally like 12 by 12 mm-hmm. three people super small she's the fourth person in the room that's meant for two people so like we're talking and then my boss goes so my binti why are you here and it's like the, the question like she he wants the the answer 
That's a weird question. Like, why are you here? Because, you know, the why answer you want. The answer Identify. <laughs> I want to change the world. Yeah. I want to be a pop star, whatever. And she goes, well, Marcus works here. And I go wherever he goes. Yeah. Oh, she, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, that was her answer. That was her exact answer to that question. Huh. My boss is like, oh. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm sitting there, like, with my back turned, like, That's probably not the best answer, but it's okay. I thank you so much for saying that, but that's not the right answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I'm giving a speech, and I'm like thinking about that, and that's like playing in my head. And now I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So like, Mabinti is going to be far more successful than I'll ever be in life, and uh, and I'm proud to say that because I had a part to play in her success. As a mentor, yeah. As a mentor, awesome. you like to say, "Hey, this person I mentored is going to be far more successful than I'll ever be in life." Mm-hmm. So I was like thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, so reciprocity from the bottom. I got that going. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, there's this moment where like she said she would enter the room because I was there. And I'm like, well, you know, I'll add this. I'm like, there's gonna come a point in life, Abinti, where I'm gonna be sitting down in the room that you'll be sitting in, and you'll have your boss sitting in the same room. And your boss will ask me, Marcus, why are you here? I'm here because I go wherever she goes. <laughs> And then that was the moment. And yeah. then I felt, and I was like, and it was one of those times where like having done all that work to like do the stuff I do, like as like a freelancer in work, so that like I can like, you know, kind of like commoditize my emotional labor yeah. and like create it into like a nice little ball that I can like right. put on a, put on a bargaining table. Right. Like actually that's help smart. out in a weird sort of way. Like that's yeah. like what it does is like, it like orchestrates your brain in a way where like, cause I handle people's in the midst of working with people, especially with the way that I work with people on a personal level, like you handle so much of their stuff mm-hmm. that like, okay, you have to start to like work it through your head in a certain way. So it was funny right. like, when that thing happened and I'm like, crap, I haven't put together this speech and I have two hours really ultimately to do it. Mm-hmm. It was like, actually it was more, it was more like I had two hours accumulated over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Like I started putting together a speech in the shower and I had two other events and I had to go to that. So it was like between that and there, I had two hours total. And that was the thing. It was like, boop, 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 boop. Oh, there we go. Good. Mm-hmm. But that just comes because when you take what emotional labor ultimately is, that hard work, and you turn it into like this very commoditizable thing. I had to. Because mm-hmm. you have to earn yeah. money from this stuff because it's actual work. Then it's like, oh, okay. Then it's like, it's funny. Like the weird, like real life, non-work benefit is, I've been doing this all week long. So let me just shake this up. Oh, there it is. Okay, cool. And then I said, yeah. it felt good. But yeah. So can I, um, and I know that Diane has some questions too. Can I do some like rapid fire of you can. questions? Okay. Of course, yeah. So we're going to go. 